What's Happening? Episode 5 of the What's Happening Pod. I'm McKinley Holland, and my co-host is... Brian Baldwin. What's happening, Mac? What's happening, dude? Good to see you. You too. Been too long. It has been. It has Usual. been a little bit. Yeah. Funny story. I got thought about you this week and almost called you immediately. I actually got caught lip syncing "Go Rest High" during a funeral. Oh man, it was on a Tuesday. Did any, Did anybody notice? Uh I mean, the girl. I don't even think she recognized like what was important about the song to me, but. She turned the corner, and I was in our audio room, and she just kind of gave me that, what's that guy doing? I'm telling you, I really believe that y'all need to upcharge and let you sing songs, like I said, like the funeral singer, like the you know the wedding singer, but McKinley Holland, like, look, uh, I know you want to play music, but you know, folks traditionally like to have a singer there, and what do you know here? Our assistant GM, McKinley Holland, fancies himself as a singer. This is what he has. Fancies himself as an impersonator. And just... And just roll out your list of songs that you would knock out of the park. <laughs> and like I said, up there's a market for that. There, there is. I'm telling you, there's a there's a market for everything, but especially in your business. Well, let me say this: if you go before I do, I most assuredly will sing "Go Rest High" at your funeral, free of charge. That, that'll be the first of many that I'll have you sing. <laughs> Some of them won't even have any kind of relation to death or sadness or anything, but I'm going to have you sing them. So, anyhow, a uh, lot happening in the yeah. sports world, man. It it was uh, basketball Christmas this past weekend. It really was, man. It really was. And, you know, i got to say this about the tournament in itself. Has it been a lot of just wow, you know, which for basketball people that appreciate good basketball, like yourself and sometimes me. <laughs> sometimes you just you don't appreciate the goodness. You appreciate the wow. <laughs> exactly. I, I want the madness. But, uh, you know, what's left for the most part are – who we expected, who everybody, when they make their bracket out, they pick the upset, and it doesn't happen. Unless you had Oregon and UC Irvine, then you were kind of left in the dark on your upsets. Yeah, you know, a lot of folks picked or, uh, UC Irvine. Yeah, you know that I, I, actually, I actually picked Oregon. I didn't pick UC Irvine. But. Uh, a, a ton of folks had Murray State with John Morant. You know, they they met a buzzsaw in Florida State, but that dude is awesome. Speaking of which, the, after the game, yeah. did you see that? He, the, went, he went back out and he gave his shoes. He, how cool that? is that in college? I know. And, you know, he's, I think he played himself into the number two pick. Barring RJ, so. all right, that barring R.J. Barrett going nuts the rest of the tournament, yeah. maybe being the Final Four MVP because, you know, Zion, he, I'll be honest with you, he was good in the ACC tournament, but he didn't look like Zion today. No, he really didn't. He, he didn't, but, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot on his shoulders, and Taco Fall makes it difficult. No kidding. With UCF. But Nobody the, really expected that to be a test, but it's like, well, the guy is 7'6". Seven, 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 I, mean, I heard he's like one of the top 50 tallest people in the world currently. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he's hanging out in Orlando at Central Florida. And there's Florida. 7 billion people on this planet. Uh, well, you know, and I really do think he has worked himself into being on an NBA roster. He, uh, Yeah. He is he is better than guys – I am projecting him to be better as a pro than guys like Hashim Tabit. Sure. And Hamed Haddadi, who was on the Grizzlies roster for a while. If those guys can make a, a check or two in the NBA for a few years, then Taco Fall sure. definitely can. He, uh, I feel like uh, – he has he has a, such a large frame. It's somewhat proportional, though. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. does, he's not like Manute Bowl with real skinny legs and just crazy looking. Like he actually has a body that I think could put on a little more weight. Yeah, maybe get a little bit stronger lower body sure. and have some longevity because he's seven six and he has a good feel for it. So he does, he's not the awkward Manute Bowl seven six or Sean Bradley. He right. actually gets up and down the floor. He's kind of smooth, smoother anyway. And he has the all time one of the top five funniest vines on the internet when he was in oh, high with school. The kid. He's seven six, you know, 
350, and then they had the guy who was 6'6", 550. Who was a 2A Mississippi lineman. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a really funny vine. <laughs> but the tournament's been fun. You know, uh, Wofford was fun when yeah, they, they, they were. had their 15 minutes. Um, you know, Kentucky's Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, the only real surprise that I can think of, and it's not really a surprise, was how Auburn handled Kansas. I mean, handled you know, handled. Kansas was short a few folks. LeGerald Vick had, uh, had left the team for personal reasons, and yeah. uh, you know, Azabuki, Azabuki early in the out. year. Uh, this wasn't your uh, your your big brother's Kansas team. No, uh, and it, it was just I'll be honest, it was good to see Bruce Pearl do his thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he he is so energetic and so lively over there, and I can just imagine how fun. You know, uh, the night after the win. I know he's getting preparing already, but how fun that night was! Oh was my gosh, him, you know? just the locker room itself. Yeah, yeah, the environment there. Incredible. Yeah. Well, I, I want to tell you yeah. real quick though. I was really wrong about the Rebels before we go on. Oh, I, I, you know, I thought they might could be able to make uh, beat Oklahoma for sure. Maybe make a run at the Cavaliers of Virginia. Yeah. Man, Samsonite. I was way off. You know, they got uh, they got Mississippi. They got the treatment that Mississippi State did in two thousand four, a la Lionel Chalmers and Xavier. First, Oklahoma shot the lights out. That's a name people haven't heard in a while. I know. Yeah. I, I, I will never forget it. Absolutely. But but no kidding. Was that, where was that? Was that game in Birmingham? There, I no, went, that I was Butler. Oh, okay. I, I was at Butler. that game. I was at Brutal. that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darnell Archie. Yeah. Uh, he was a really good free throw shooting kind of guy, right? I think so. Yeah, they, it was Butler. Yeah. You know. But, yeah. but no, I mean, Oklahoma shot the lights out, man. I mean, it was kind of one of those things, I think. You know, you saw Iowa almost make a comeback today against Tennessee, but it just oh, the Rebs didn't have it in them, man. I mean, they got down so big so early, and when they tried to claw back, Oklahoma just had an answer. TD was getting after it though. He did, you, you and, could, which you, no, no, expect no less. You could tell he he wasn't ready for it to be over, um, and, and none of them really were. Um, man, it's tough to watch their big men play, and I, I yeah, yeah. And I know we'll probably address it later, but that's where a lot of the games were lost this year. Just the lack of depth, uh, and just not being able to compete, much less have an advantage ever in the paint. Sometimes, I mean, you know, it was it was not that it was overwhelming. It was just like pff, walking into this game. You know, yeah. there's, there's no prayer for Dom and Bruce Stevens to match up with these. Which guys. you know, you may have saved. So you know, with DeAndre Hunter and Virginia in the next round, it may have been a good thing that you lost to Oklahoma because it may have got. You know, I mean, of course, you always want to win another game, but. I, th- I think about stuff like that all the time. Is you know, I even think about that as a Mississippi State fan. Like, yes, I didn't want to lose because it was an upset, but I don't know that Mississippi State could stay on the floor with Virginia Tech. Right. So you know, well now now that we're through the first weekend, pretty much, and the games are kind of wrapping up, are you still really confident in your final four picks? They're still alive, right? They're still alive. And you, you remember, st- I actually I took Gonzaga, right? North Carolina, Purdue. Who was whomping and away? There's another surprise. I did not see that. Uh, shout out Robbie Donahoe. No doubt. Uh, and then uh, Michigan State, right. which doesn't really scare me much now, considering how Duke played today. Right. Now, I know they've got a week to get ready, and they will. We know that Coach K will. But Izzo, March, it will be a ball game. It will. I know that much. And, of course, they, gotta, they both got to play a game before they get there. But – like I said, I, I I feel good about my picks. I do. I like that. I like um, Gonzaga's man. They're tough. They, you know what, man? They they have they just Gonzaga has this innate ability to get hit in the mouth and just cut it on. And if you Brandon Clark is he's he's the man that before the season started. Everybody talks about Killian Tilly. Everybody talks about Rui Hachimura. Everybody talks about Zach Norvell and Josh. Bar- you know, Brandon Clark's the best player in the league. 
and what has been the best player on the floor the last two games. So I feel good about the Zags. I do, man. Cool. Yeah. Well, I I, I like them. Uh, Tennessee uh, winning close games. I know that's that kind of you know people say, oh, they're not blowing folks out like they should. You just got to survive in advance. That's it. That's all you got. You got to win six games in a row somehow. You do. And uh, the thing about it is, sometimes teams can get those close games out early. Yes. Uh, for instance, really getting and, a rhythm. And, and we'll talk about this team in a little bit. But like, yeah, and I allude to them often because I really watch this team a lot. The Memphis team in 08. Oh. They had a close game against maybe like a Cal State Northridge. Yeah. And then they had State and Jamon Gordon almost beat them. Yeah. And then they that came was a great game. And then they came back the next weekend and just absolutely just destroyed people. Yeah. Just I mean what they did to Michigan State oh. and Drew Neitzel, poor 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 fella. I know why Tom Izzo was so angry the other day. He still got <laughs> things going. Still on. thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, I just I, I feel like uh, Tennessee if they can maybe get the, the the what they had this weekend out, um, Kentucky. They won a close one the other day, but Wofford's a tough matchup. And they could get P.J. Washington back next week. They, we don't know. They, they, yeah, we you don't know, know but it, hey, that'll be a big boost for them. Yeah. Uh, but what a roll of the dice by John Calipari. No kidding. To not play your best player. Because, you know, you 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 maybe can win these games without him, but you know you cannot win next week without him. No, not at all. So, yeah, Duke's good. Um Houston's still there, right? Yeah, they, yeah. they played a night, they played, actually. They played a night, yeah, oh, yeah. There's three or four left, but yeah. it's, I mean – of course, we say this. There could be a crazy something happen, but all of them are pretty status quo. I mean, I feel like the just the better team is going to win. Yeah, that's been the story of the whole tournament anyway, for the most part. So yeah, but the, the next next weekend is going to be really fun. Like if you were bored this weekend, next weekend you're going to want to watch some basketball for sure. Well, well, speaking about Houston, it's got something I want to ask you about. Kelvin Sampson made a comment. Uh, they were talking about uh, the cost of NCAA games and travel. You know, he said, you know, a lot of these parents want to go to these games. You I saw I mean? that. You know what I mean? And he said, I have parents ask me and family members ask me, hey, look, if I just get to the site of the tournament, right. can I sleep on my son's floor? Can I can I just crash in the lobby of the hotel? And of course, it's a no. Right, it has you to know, be. But, but they're, the NCAA, of course, is profiting and everything. And I, I just want to speak to you uh, real quick. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think the NCAA could somehow fork over like a, a per diem or an allowance? I think they most certainly should. I mean, well, and I, I don't necessarily know how you would do it because different families have, you know, different numbers of people in them. You know, if you've got a mom, a dad, and a little sister coming, I think you could accommodate that, but you can't accommodate 16. Now, that being said, I would do I mean, if this was up to me, I would say, you know what? If you have a child playing in the NCAA tournament, you know, let's let's give them a hundred bucks per day that they are in the tournament, that they have to stay. Uh, and say, look, you have to pay for your travel, but we will take care of you when you get here. And I, th- I think that'd be a fair thing. I really do. I mean, because you think about this, football doesn't have to worry about that, right? You know, you go to one bowl game, that's it. You know, you're not going to play four games postseason. But these parents, you know, specifically for Houston, you know, they're traveling this part of the country, and if they win tonight, they have to travel back home, then back across. You know, it puts a, that's taxing on parents, I think, man. So. I definitely think they should. I think I think he did the right thing by speaking out to it. Yeah, you know, and he's always at the forefront of issues like that. Sure. Shout out to Kevin Sampson. You know, uh, you know, even back in the day, he got in trouble for making uh, impermissible phone calls and yeah. text messages. And I think, like since then, the the rules he broke are now legal. Are now either legal or it's much more lenient uh, on it. Yeah. I mean, you back then you couldn't Twitter wasn't even a big deal. There maybe wasn't even anything. Oh yeah. You couldn't tweet uh, people. You couldn't retweet them at all. And now, like. You can do all that stuff. It's the wild, wild west with communication. So, sure. yeah. But shout out to Kelvin Sampson for stepping and, up. And also. speaking of coaches, man, and I, I, I want to touch on this, but I have a little bit of different take on this. 
everybody who's anybody that has social media or has watched TV this weekend has saw has seen the clip of Tom Izzo chewing out his freshman post player Aaron Henry. I actually don't take issue with the guy that that, that put the tweet out that everybody went ballistic over. Right. But that being said, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm I'm full agreement with Izzo. I am. You should be able to get on your toughest player. But what I'm not okay with is all of Twitterverse attacking the issue like they're the toughest player. You know, like I mean, like my whole timeline the past two days has been, you know, hey, my high school coach was that tough on me. You should be. You know, no, you're not. This guy's a. We're talking about a major Division One college basketball program. Right. We're not trying to compare toughness here. Yeah. It's a completely different animal. So, like I said, while I hope, millions of dollars at stake. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. And and like I said, while I agree with Tom Izzo and, and a coach being able to get on his stuff on his player hard, I'm not in agreement with the reaction to it. I, I just people just need to shut up. Yeah. In other words, about that. I mean, like it's it's something to latch on to. I think just to say, oh, you know, I'm, by by tweeting what they're tweeting, they're saying, well, I'm that tough too. I don't know how tough I would be if Tom Izzo was yelling at me. Right. You know. And, and and so like it's it's different. So I mean, I sympathize with Tom Izzo, and I sympathize with well, and, and the thing I don't know, and the ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the world doesn't know is we don't know the relationship exactly Tom Izzo and that particular player. There's no context for us. Yeah, we just saw yeah. what we saw. For, for instance, uh, example, um, my f- high school basketball coach was not was, was was tough on me, but he was not Tom Izzo. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not comparing you know apples to apples here. It's two different things. But I also shared a. A roof with my high school coach. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And we were best friends. And if he told me, uh, pardon my French, to get my ass over here and listen to what he had to say, I got that's my what ass you did. That's what I did. Yeah. Now, also on the way over there, I said things to him I probably shouldn't have said. Right. And I said things to him my teammates could not say. Right. But, I understand but, that. But I had earned that. Uh, right by sharing the last name. I mean, you know I mean, right. like, I mean, it's we, the we same had, thing I do. I work a, with family. Yeah, we. Had I mean, a, I get it. We had a relationship there, and, and college coaches, it's such a different thing than high school coaching. Um, they recruit these kids as ninth graders. That's right. You know what I mean? Like they they are uh, catering and pandering to everybody around them. They they become family, and when these kids That's come right. to campus, a lot of times what they have is the coaching staff, their teammates. And the few peripheral folks they meet, because that's it's right. Not like, being an athlete is not like being a regular student, no. especially at Michigan State. You know what I mean? It's just not. You are a celebrity in everybody else's eyes, so you can't be friends with them because they'll get you in trouble. That's you're right. in trouble. Your boys on the team are the guys you're friends with. It's a really small circle. So sometimes things are said that just get said and need to just people just need to go like, okay, cool. Uh, I will say this: I won't say we've gotten softer as a society, right? But we've gotten um, softer as a society. We I mean, have, I mean like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, no. and, and the people are like, I wouldn't let anybody talk like that to me. But here's the thing. You, you would, you know what I mean? Uh, if right. it was, if your, if, if, if your grandmother comes in there and says things that Tom Izzo said to you, because you have been acting wrong, you're going to sit there and take it. That's right. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and that's just kind of, it's a, it's, you just don't know that relationship. And that's what people can't speak to. Exactly. You know, you know what I mean? You don't know what they've been through. And everything's taken out of context. Everything yeah. is taken. That's 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 what the society becomes is everything's taken out of context. Yeah, I have, I have friends of mine that can speak to me a certain way, and I can speak to them a certain way. Right. And, man, it's no big deal. Uh, I have other friends who I don't speak to a certain way. I mean, and, and right. then I speak that way. And uh, my, my friend Nick and all these other guys that I've been friends with forever, we have kind of a, th- a thing we go by. You can't get mad if it's true. That's correct. I've always heard the same thing as 
uh, if you tell the truth, yeah. you never have to remember so, a thing. So if Tom Izzo tells this young man, you got to quit being lazy, you better block out, and you're letting your team down currently. He those are true Those things. are true things going on. Now, pay attention to what's said, not how it's said. So if he'd have told that kid, I don't like you, I don't love you, you're a terrible human being, and you're a disgrace to this program, that kid has every right to get mad. Well, and what you just said, those things aren't <laughs> those true. Those things aren't true. So, yeah. You know. so, yeah, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. So, I, I, I'm i not going to speculate on it, but I'll just say that um, kudos to the kid for handling it the right no way kidding. after the game. He took it. I mean, he didn't. He played. He kept playing. Yeah. They're still winning. And kudos to Tom Izzo for just kind of being like, what's the big deal? Yeah. So. He told the, the newspaper, he's like, I can tell you this, if I worked at your newspaper, you'd be held accountable. Yeah, it's absolutely. That simple. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like I said, there are millions of dollars at stake. That kid wants to win a national championship, and he wants to be a professional basketball player at some level. Correct. Tom Izzo's the guy to do it for him. There's no question. Yeah. Speaking of on the lighter side of life, as far as Twitter's concerned, you've seen the new commercial about the NCAA student-athlete. The guy's laying in bed. He wakes up, and it takes him through his day. Have you yes. seen it? The Twitter reaction to that has been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> People like saying, man, that's not that, how it goes. That's not how it goes. <laughs> so, I saw one, I think it was a guy that played football at UCO, that says, who has study hall after an 8 p.m. game on Saturday night? <laughs> the other thing that was funny about the NCAA, the tweet this weekend, was them saying, uh, referencing their tweet about they provide free <laughs> Wi-Fi for teams in the tournament. And everybody was like, so what? I mean, like, you know, what? The players don't care. They're on the floor. Yeah, they don't care. They're on the floor. And my other thing was like, well, cool. Yeah, you provide folks with free Wi-Fi, with free Wi-Fi. But what about the five years you mooched off old Mrs. Wi-Fi when you were living in Oxford? You know what I mean? Like, That's you know, so good. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. I get it. But, yeah. Shame on you, NCAA. Yeah, I'll give you another arm so you can pat yourself. Take off on, the white pat wig. Pat yourself on the back. Nobody cares. Get out of here with that trash. But, man, I, I want to ask you, because I, I'd like to speak on it, too. As far as, you know, the tournament is concerned, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, both the teams we love, had early exits. What do you see for the Rebels going forward, man? Well, um, TD's gone. I mean, that, that – Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. I, and I'll say this. A lot of times you can recruit, uh, a, you know, a guy to replace people or you have a guy in the, waiting in the wings. That's right. Uh, and Ole Miss has some depth. You know sure. what I mean? You know, at the wings a little and the guards, not as much as they would like to have. But I don't think they'll be able to replace TD. I look at them to uh, – I look at them to probably start a, a, a smaller lineup next year. I would say uh, Brian Tyree, Schuler. Sure. Uh, they'll play Dom. He'll be back. I mean, I know Ole Miss, all the Ole Miss right. fans are upset about that, but he'll be back. They'll play Buffin, those four. And, you know, that, that fifth spot, I think that'll be the one that everybody just kind of eyeballs a little bit. Sure. I mean um, – And Tavian Dude Column could – Make a dent. I, well, that was going to be my prediction. I think he's going to start next year for him on the wing of the three, face up four. Or I haven't like seen that. him play, but from I've heard, I've talked to two or three people that have, and all of them said, "Man, this kid, he fit. He looks like he would have fit in at yeah. Ole Miss this year." Yeah, I mean, with him, with Schuler and Tyree out there, and him, I, I, I think he is the closest. Now, I don't think he's as, as explosive as TD. Yeah, but I think he can fill that gap a little bit. You know what I mean? Sure, and sure. So that, that was kind of my prediction there. Um, they are going to get a little bit of a, a bump with recruiting. Sure. You know what I mean? Because they had a good year. Um, the LSU thing is going to be interesting. I agree. Uh, to see who they lose in the recruiting issue. Uh-huh. Auburn is rolling right now, but the season's not over. Chuck Person just had, yeah. you know what I mean, doing some stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, there are recruits in this region. That, that are available. That, 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 they be that available. could be available. And uh, Kermit will be – I think prime pickings for them, and he's so good with the grad transfer market. Don't rule yeah. that out. I could see him getting somebody. 
Uh, there's a kid from Arkansas, Pine Bluff or Little Rock. Yeah. There's about 20 a game that they've already offered. Really? Who got put out, I'm pretty sure. Who, their season's over. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, I, I look for Ole Miss. They, they'll be okay, but they have got to sure up post-play. They got a 6'9 kid coming in for next year. I think he'll play pretty pretty immediately, whether it be over Dom or off the sure. bench for him. Um, got to get a little guard depth. But I, I just see the program trending upward, to be honest with I you. I agree. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to trend up uh, exponentially. I don't know if they'll make the tournament next year. Yeah. I can't say that. But I could see a year where they're back there in the NIT. They're I agree. Close to twenty wins, and the excitement's still there. And um, you know, split with state. You know what I mean? I, think so. I, I could see that happening. And I think they get Memphis on the schedule next year. Ooh. I know what, or maybe it's two years from now. It might be two years from now. But I know soon that game gets back on. That'll be fun. So that'll be fun. Yeah. No so that, that's what I got. That's what I got for for. Ole Miss. It'd be neat to do a home and home on that. You know, one year Memphis comes to the Villa, and the next Ole Miss yeah. goes to the Forum. I think. Yeah. That'd be and cool. I want to say something real quick before I move along. I, I some friends of mine. We went uh, and watched the Ole Miss. Uh, well, we were watching the Michigan game. Yeah. Far. Yeah. And Michigan has a guy seven foot one. White kid, yeah, uh, I but he's he was not not Ignate, not 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 the shooter of the lefty, but they had another guy. This guy could play. He was altering <laughs> shots. He was picking and rolling, dunking the ball, and passing the ball around the perimeter. And the guys with me are all Ole Miss fans, and they were furious. They're like, why don't we get this out of Dom? You know what I mean? And he's the same size dude, and this guy was just jumping and dunking it. And I said, oh, you know, I've never seen that. Like, and it just kind of leads me to this next point. If the Ole Miss basketball staff can develop Dom any one skill over the offseason that could be a tournament team again. One skill. If they can get him to do one thing next year, good. Whether it be rebound, contest balls in the paint, basket shots in the yeah. paint. We know good defensively, quit fouling so much. Uh, whether it be, you know, screen rolling to the bucket, pinning people on the basket, one move besides that weak hook that gets blocked. If they can give him one thing, Ole Miss will be a borderline team. Because the, the, oh, the, the, the Henson, him, him or dude column will be Blake Henson was yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it'll be him or column on the wing to me. Yeah. You know, they could play Henson at the four, maybe. But that so, does or, add a little depth. It does. So. I mean, I could see a lineup with column at the four mm-hmm. and a small wall. Kind of like so. Schofield, you know. It's yeah. Not huge, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, six, 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 seven. We'll, we'll get you rebounds, yeah. play tough, play hard. Plays tough, plays, plays hard. So, yeah. Love that, yeah. man. What do you think about the what's going on with the Bulldogs? By the way, pretty good year, but tough tournament game for them. Yeah. Oh, man. It's it, all about matchups. It is, and you know what? Six minutes left, had a ten point lead. Um, kind of made some bonehead plays, but to their credit, Liberty made some big shots, and they had kind of one of those Schofield type of guys. I get the guy's name, but he was he was six five two fifty five, and somehow came down with rebounds. He defended, and he was he was bullying uh, Reggie Perry, and uh, but man, I, I I'm happy for him that they got back. Um, it's been too long since Mississippi State's been relevant in basketball. Uh, but it's good to see them get back. And I think they can get back again. But, obviously, losing Q is kind of the same way State feel, fans feel about Q that Ole Miss fans TD, do about TD. Yeah. Um, and that being said, I don't think that just the two seniors, Q and Eric Holman, are all you're going to be seeing leave. I firmly believe that whether it be because of – some kind of disconnect or just selfishness, whatever. I mean, I'm not trying to dog the kid out, but I don't think Lamar Peters will be back with Mississippi State. I just he he's been he's made it known. His mother has made it known that there is social media, uh, right? Via social media, and it. And I think she's deleted the tweet since, but she says, "Can't wait for you to not be playing there next year." So by her tweeting that, they've at least talked about it, you right. know. And and I just has he 
is he a grad? Could he be a grad transfer? Or would he well, he was. He's a junior by classification. Okay, I didn't know if he had no. Okay, so you know, it's one of those deals, man. If he comes back, he's got to grow up a little bit. And I think Ben Howland was good for him. I think actually him and Ben Howland's relationship got considerably better. But I think the chemistry of the team you do have coming back could potentially be much better without him. Right. You've got Tyson Carter, who will be a senior next year, and his role will expand as in, it should, you know, exponentially um, as a scorer. And then you've got a really solid tandem in the post as far as Perry, Adu, and then Woodard as a wing. A three. Um, I think I would play him at the three. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I agree. And he, 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 and if I wanted to go small, I'd play him in Perry at the 4-5. Sure, yeah. sure. But he, he has come into his own. Uh, I think I'm glad to say that your hot take hump day from a couple months ago hopefully will not come I think through. It's, I think it's bit the dust. I think he got enough PT, and he'll be a, he'll be a three-year starter for him. Oh, yeah, and he's, so. he, he's going to be a guy next year. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, like I said, the void that Q leaves, and you don't know what's going to happen with Nick. Well, that's my thing. I think he's gone. I could definitely see it. I don't mean he's an NBA athlete, and I'm not here trying to break news. But from what I understand, you read message boards, can, you talk and to I can people, read body language, and I can read who's not on the roster for personal reasons. Yeah, you know. but from what I understand, Nick had some academic deals, and I don't know exactly what it is, but apparently it's serious enough to where he can't play basketball at Mississippi State anymore, potentially. Right. So, um, you know, it could be a new look, Mississippi State. You're gonna have to revamp your backcourt if you lose Peters and Witherspoon. Yeah. Uh, but he'll recruit well. He will. He will. And there's some good guys that are, you know, that have kind of what DJ Stewart had the foot surgery uh, from Riverside High School here in Mississippi. You know, he he's got a chance to play a little bit next year. And uh, there's plenty of bigs that that can spell Adu and Perry and EJ Datcher, Keyshawn Fazell from Lawrence County. I mean, that eventually they're going to have to step up and play a role. Where, where did Ladarius Marshall end up? The kid from Forest Hill. I don't know, but that guy could jump. Man. Out the, I thought he signed with Ole Miss. He may have been an academics guy. Maybe a Southern or Tulane or something. Check that out. I'd have to look. I want to look at that too. He was an exciting class. No kidding. Speaking, of, but 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 as far as the Bulldogs are concerned, I kind of expect the same that you do as Ole Miss. I think they take a step back as far as wins go next year. I think they may actually be a better team, but more than likely an NIT type of team instead of an NCAA team. Well, go ahead. but uh, shout out to our boy. Ty Jones on getting to play some postseason basketball. The CIT. I love it, man. I hope they win it. Charleston I don't know where they're Southern. at. But. I, th- I think they play Tuesday. Yeah. Is that the first game? Their second round. They won their first round. They, yeah, they I, think first had, round. I think he had 14 points and a start maybe in round one, but I know he had a good game. Love it. Uh, Ty, <laughs> funny thing, when, uh, when I was coaching Ty as an assistant coach at Pontotoc, he did not love the weight room. I could tell. But he had such a good frame that – you were like, man, if he ever did kind of fall in love with it. Well, uh, Kyle Hurd and Chris Vandiver were all not tough on him, but they uh, they were pretty demanding on him in the weight room. You know, look, just come in and do your lifts, and it'll just take care of itself. That's right. Well, now I look at his body, and uh, he looks like a football player. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he now he's he's tough. He's still got a little explosiveness out there, and he's always had the best hands. And he puts that sham guy dribble move on people. <laughs> You know, uh, but he, he's what I see is he has a good nose for the ball and he finds open areas on the floor. It's like some his teammate will take a shot, and I see Ty instead of just being blocked out or just running to the rim, he runs to the area that he thinks the ball will come to. Yeah, you know, and and he's just got a good nose for it out there. And uh, as far as uh, as far as basketball players go, he's a really good basketball player, but he's a hell of a drummer. He's a fantastic he musician. Sure is, and man. When, after he gets through making money playing basketball one day, he's going to be one of the best soul 
band jazz band you can catch him at ground zero in 2028 yeah yeah <laughs> maybe 2038 if he doesn't get hurt just out towel towel get buckets for a while but shout out to him i'm really proud for ty but no man uh and you know they've got a good team coming back yeah and i'll tell you a funny story uh having been coaching there ty ended up at charleston southern because of the hurricane the hurricane right. came through charleston and they evacuated the east coast and ty had been playing they knew about him but you know, he was. We thought he was going to be a regional prospect. You sure. Know, you know, a conference USA. You know, that oh, yeah. level maybe. You know, Austin P. And then uh, they came down here on a recruiting. You know, just kind of a, a recruiting circuit, just to see some guys in the area. And they showed up at Pontotoc and they talked to Coach Vanderver. And you know, then Ty did what Ty does. That's there. right. So shout out, shout to out Ty. Yeah. Shout out Ladavius Drain as well. Yeah. Jarkel Joiner, man. Jarkel Joiner was all whack. First all team. All whack. Yeah. Crazy That's awesome, man. Right? So cool. And you so know the cool. Mississippi guys at Murray State. They're yes, pretty the Buchanan well. brothers. Yeah, and then uh, the kid from Cleveland, Williams, KJ Williams, That's had right. a huge first round game the other day. That's right. That's awesome. So love it. The SIP represents. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, also, uh, wanted to. I don't know when it's coming out. It'll be soon. Daily Journal, all areas soccer and basketball, will be coming out soon. And I know some folks will be on that soccer list, so I'm happy for them. And then on the basketball side, I've kind of got an idea just because they got a bunch to choose. But from. there's a good, it's a good list this year for sure. So Absolutely. I'll, I'll be excited. I know those guys do a fantastic job, and those will be coming out in the the next few weeks for sure. Well, before we before we take this break here for a second, Mac, I, I want to you know we've been talking about the tournament. I want to ask you kind of two things: uh, sports betting. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> I went this weekend to Tunica. Had some a friend, some friends in town, and yeah. uh, went to Tunica to the sports book. And Did you go to Gold Strike? We went to the Horseshoe. Horseshoe. Okay. Horseshoe. Went to the Horseshoe, and uh, I I've never placed a bet on a game before. You know, like I mean, I've done some things like, hey man, you know, you, you win, blah, blah blah, I'll buy you steak, you know, blah blah, whatever. But right. never actually placed a, a money. An official not, not even with a bookie. You know, joked right. about it, but um, it was so neat. To go over there and do, I mean, like you know, because oh, yeah. I, I watch so much basketball and I watch all the all the sports and everything. Um, but to go over there and, and to take the things that I think I know and enjoy myself with a drink, watch five games on the TV, hang out with some friends of mine that we don't get to see often, uh, it was really neat. And sure, um, I'll say this: I could see where it would be an issue because as I'm standing in line to place my first wager of all time, it was the Michigan Florida game. I had a really yeah. good hunch that you know. Uh, Michigan was going to cover the five and a half. Uh, so they're playing Florida anyway. And as I'm standing in line, this guy comes behind me. And I guess he sees me in, in my blue Delta jeans and my, my nice shirt and my vest. And he goes, hey, man, who you like? And he asked me. And I'm, now I'm, oh, no. He's like, this guy. Don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't ask me. So I'm like, I really like Michigan minus five and a half, man. He's like, man, me too. And I was like, oh, man. So now this so guy. what you didn't realize <laughs> is that guy did not have a bet in, pl in his mind when he walked up. So now I'm like, now the pressure's on me. This guy is going to go with what I go with. So the four guys I'm with, the three guys I'm with, I guess my argument was convincing, or not my argument, just my info was convincing enough. They got on it too. So now you got four friends and a guy I've never met sitting one table beside us, rooting like hell for Michigan, who I don't care about. But man, it was so exciting, you know. And, they, and when they went on that run, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. it was just like, okay, cool. What's the next bet? So, but anyway, I could see where it could be tough. It's it's, it's but, tough. But which leads me to the questions I want to ask you. Um, I know that you have placed a wager or two in your day, maybe before, today specifically. <laughs> you might not have even made it over to the books per se. Uh, but I want to rapid fire some gambling terms off of you because yeah. a lot of folks in our area are intrigued by gambling. They're, it's kind of like going to the casino though for the first time. Yeah. If you don't know how to play blackjack, you've just playing it at home, or you're scared. 
So, sure. uh, you know, they start throwing uh, terms out there that maybe your your bookie or your your cousin at the brewer grocery with his pick sheet doesn't use. So, let's go with some. Um, if a uh, what what is it when a a team is minus a number? Like, so if I said Duke is minus ten versus UCF, what does the minus mean? Okay, minus means that that team is favored. That means okay. That they, so, they're minus 10. They are favored to win the game by 10 Okay, points. so they're giving up the 10. But so Plus so, means the opposite, obviously. Okay, okay, all right. So, what is the what is the over-under line? Okay, the over-under, that's going to be where you take the total points scored in the game combined between both teams. The over that number is obviously the over, and the under that number set is obviously the under. So Okay, okay. So, I mean, you so you like you said – I would like to say that I did not hit my over the other day in the Warriors game. Shout out to the uh, I'm man. an under guy, but I'm going to tell you why. And people people that, that gamble understand this. If you take the under, you're winning when the game starts. It's true. If you take the over, you're waiting to win. Right. So, you know, but it's – over is obviously always more of a popular bet. What's, I've always heard you only live once, bet the over. That's, that's – yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, a, co- a couple more here. Um if a if if two teams are playing and you bet the money line, what is the money line? The money line is what moves. The money line is is an outright bet. just who's going to win the game. Who's going to win or lose the game? Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you take the underdog, it'll be a plus number. If you take the okay. if you take the favorite, it'll be a minus number. The higher that number goes up on each sides of that, the higher the payout for your money or lower. Okay, so like if Duke was playing like UCF, like use that example, and UCF was the underdog, and they were plus three hundred, explain what that means. Like you have to bet how much to win how much. Okay, so if, if you're taking UCF, yeah, UCF plus three hundred, yeah, that means that you are getting a three to one return. If you bet ten dollars and they and UCF wins, you make thirty. Right. So vice versa, if you take Duke at minus three hundred, you've got to bet thirty dollars to win ten. Right. Okay. So, okay. I see. Those are what people people like to call those like uh that's that's where you really are they look for value. Yes. They take underdogs that are slight underdogs and they take the money line for the team they just think is gonna win outright and they'll make a little bit more than they would if they would just straight up bet. Okay, okay. Um so what what is a parlay? All right, a parlay is where you take two or more teams to win or to cover whatever it is, the over, the under, the spread, whatever, and if both hit, you win. If one loses or one pushes you lose. You lose a bit. So, and you you win more money because your odds are tougher to win. Right, more games. unless you're doing the money line. Okay. Now, like right. so, like if you just take just the spread as it is with four teams, uh, there's there's numbers out there that everybody uses about the same. But I think uh, three team parlays seven and a half to one maybe. Okay. I've got some friends that I can't mention on here that could school me on that. You know a guy who knows a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But and you know the funny thing is you can go to any one of these small town little gas stations and they always got a pick 'em sheet. It's the most probably illegal thing you can do. But oh yeah, you know they there's do it. several institutions right here in our hometown of Tupelo, in our home area of Southley County so. <laughs> that uh, we know that that, yeah. that will take your wager. Well, I, I, we're gonna go to break, but I have to ask you, tell me about and, and tell me about this term and what is your worst bad beat? Oh man, so this is great bad beats. If you've watched Sports Center. Uh, the late night Scott Van Pelt Sports Center show. You have seen the, the 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 segment Bad Beats before. A bad beat is when you take a game and you're on the side that is winning right up until the very very end, and then it flips on you. So a bad beat can also be a blessing for somebody else. Like right. Last second shots, uh, fumbles in football, 
walk-off home runs, stuff like that as far as total and the actual it, spreads it, concerned. It can even be a bad beat and you don't lose the game. Yeah, I mean, oh, 100%. You mean, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you could have stayed at a, a you know, whatever, a four-point favorite and, you know, then be up five and the other team throw a half-court shot in at the buzzer and cut it to two and oh, it yeah. doesn't cover. You know what I mean? You still – I mean, it's just – Which reminds me out there, <laughs> don't bet on the team you love. Don't bet with your heart. Never bet with your Stay heart. Stay out of that. But – um, worst bad beat, and I don't even really want to call it a bad beat. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots go to, or excuse me, are hosting the Tennessee Titans. I think this is two thousand eight or nine. Tennessee is a three point favorite. They're on a nine game winning streak, uh, winning streak, and I think New England was without two offensive line starters, uh, both running backs, and a wide receiver. But it was, and this was, I was a young, dumb gambler. A little wet behind the ears yes. as a gambler. Hadn't learned your lesson the yet. The over under for this game was 34. There's a foot of snow on the field. So naturally, you're thinking, okay, both teams are going to run the ball. Nobody's going to be able to pass. It's going to be slow. It's going to be dirtied up. The unders are yeah. no brainer. I parlayed. I, I did what, there's another term, what you call the wheel. I took Tennessee at minus three. I took Tennessee money line. I took the under. And then I parlayed all three together. You're trying to do your thing right there. Final score of this game, New England Patriots 52, <laughs> Tennessee Titans 3. Randy Moss had four Snow Angel touchdowns. Catch the beat running like Randy I Moss. Think, I, think, I think Brady threw for 400 yards in a blizzard. But it, it, it made it You rain can't call it there. a bad beat, but yeah. it was just like, how did that just happen? I think, New England, I think Tennessee had the number one rushing attack in the league, so. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that bad beat with us. <laughs> it was just a bad bet, really. Just, yeah, and that, and that, like I said, that's that's tough. But the best advice you gave right there, I would like to don't bet on the team you love. Just stay away from that. Never, never. No matter how, no matter what, it does not matter. Yeah. But anyhow, so folks, we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be right back with some more. What's happening? Welcome back to what's happening. That was a close one. Almost <laughs> out of breath, man. Yeah, uh, we were almost wrong about Duke. We uh, we were an R.J. Barrett putback with twelve and a half seconds left from uh, being incredibly wrong about so, yeah. the NCAA so, tournament. So first segment, I talk about R.J. Barrett making a name for himself <laughs> in this tournament because Ja Moran had passed him as a number two pick. So what does he do? He promptly rebounds <laughs> a, a missed free throw by Zion. Down one, by the way. Zion, Down one. Zion front rimmed a ugly free throw. Yeah. Uh, R.J. Barrett rebounds it, puts it back in, and sends the Blue Devils and, and, to well, the Sweet well, they, Sixteen. They, they go up, and then UCF they misses, a shot. misses a really good look good on the look. other end uh, to win it. And what's man, that was crazy. It always it, teacher always trumps people, you know. Yeah. Shout out to Do- Johnny Dawkins for putting yeah. up that kind of fight. And so. you know, something cool was uh, they were going to the halftime break. Uh, I forget who was the the, the female uh, basketball sideline. Tracy Wolfson, maybe so. Wolfson, yeah, she's great by the way. And she asked Coach K about, uh, tell me a key in the ball game. He said something. He said, and you know, all those years that Johnny was working for me, and he let his son Aubrey, you know, work out in the gym. He's like, that's really paying off right now. So <laughs> shout out to him for recognizing the extra work that the coach's son put in with no the kidding. coach to get to where they were. I thought that was a really cool always comment. classy. Yeah. Coach K for sure. I'll say this: he has a pretty foul mouth. He does. Yeah, but, I've, I've been told this before from people that went to their team camps. Yeah. Said that it's not a, I mean, it's he's not an, a he's sunshine an, and he's roses. A, he's an army guy who oh, yeah. played for Bob Knight at Army. I mean, you have to be a certain type of individual. Oh yeah, you know those guys. Popovich, same way. I mean, that's they, right. Yeah, they don't sugarcoat it. 
Very, very much so. But, but uh, man, I, uh, that would have busted everybody's bracket. Oh, my gosh. Which is funny, though. I also want to say this. Nobody cares about your bracket. No. They don't care about mine. You don't care about mine, and the people listening don't care about yours or mine. At all. They don't care about our fantasy, fantasy team. No. So we're not going to talk about that. But they would have busted your bracket. Yeah, but I have Michigan State. Well, I mean, I mean, everybody listens for two weeks. It, it, it for two weeks, yeah, it would have busted. The, it would have busted mine. So yeah, know. but anyway, <laughs> yeah, Coach K. But you know, this is the kind of game that when a team makes a run, they always have one of these. That's, that's I mean, they, tight game. They, against right. a team you think they shouldn't be tied against. So, right. You know, right. I, nobody. So they were fourteen point favorite. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, but that just minus made, fourteen for those of you that just listened. To our just, the NCAA just had a big old sigh of relief because the last thing they want is Duke going home and oh you, the, the ratings, the the Knights of UCF playing on. Could so. you imagine a UCF Liberty matchup in the Sweet Six? I mean, speaking of which, Liberty's up on VTech right now by like five. Could you imagine? Ugh. UCF versus the fighting Jerry Falwells, Liberty. So anyway. speaking of exciting finishes, I want to touch on a little baseball, Brian. It depends on where you're at, how exciting well, it is to you right now. That's true. What 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 side of eighty two you live on? <laughs> so um I was at home today and I was watching, you know, Mississippi State and Auburn had split the first two games. I was pretty disappointed. It was a tough night to be a Mississippi State fan Friday night. You know, you just got upset by Liberty in the tournament. State blew a five oh lead with their their ace on the mound, lost the Friday night game. Came back Saturday, dominated one fifteen to two with JT Ginn on the mound, who's six and zero now. By the way, I think he's a first team All American. He may be the SEC pitcher of the year. Yeah. <laughs> right now, he is. But, uh, but no kidding. Uh, today was a rubber match, just absolute slobber knocker. Lead changes. Um, State wound up winning twenty to fifteen. Oh man! So somebody state missed an extra point or yeah. what happened <laughs> Auburn went for two yeah. and took the they lead missed the field. Good Lord. but it was bombs it was like 40 hits combined it was crazy man but uh state still off to a really good start man they're 22 and 3 now i think yeah. um they're, they're tough they're good they're really good Malonis is doing a good job there's uh there's some issues obviously with the sunday pitching <laughs> You got that guy throwing Saturday, man. <laughs> but, you know, you, Friday and Saturday, you're going to have a chance. So, if you can get two of those, then, you know, it may be something to tinker down the road. Uh, maybe move one to Sunday. Or, you know, play with the idea that if you win Friday, move the other, you know, just to give yourself a better matchup. But I, I, I don't know, man. I, I feel good about it. They always say in SEC baseball, uh, two out of three makes you finish 20 and 10. If you finish 20 and 10, you're going to win the SEC. So, you're quoting Meatloaf. Don't be sad, because two out of three ain't bad. I thought you were going to pull that one. I thought you were going to, no, me. I won't do that. <laughs> good one. Good one. But, uh, <laughs> that was a really good one. I'd do but, anything for a cheap pun, but I won't do but that. But you won't do that. You know, something I saw cool, uh, I think one of Glavin's, I think Tom Glavin. Yes, his son uh, pitches for Auburn. Is good, too. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. 88 with movement, I'm sure. Uh, well, about 92 with movement, oh, really? which is oh, something 92? that Tom okay. really never did. No, yeah. but Tom was a good hockey player. Yes. I, I could not envision that. Yeah, me neither. But he uh, he was actually in uh, attendance this weekend. So That's cool. I saw a lot of tweets from people like, hey, <laughs> got a pick with Tom Glavin. Wow. But um, what's going on in Oxford? I, mean, I know you. I know you uh, got your finger on the pulse over there too. I'm t- I'm tuned in. Um, Ole Miss is having some issues with their pitching staff as a whole. Now I'm still telling folks and don't don't panic. You're they're right where State is in the SEC right now. They're four and two. They literally five minutes ago just lost uh, game three to Missouri, which. Not a powerhouse Missouri. It's team. not exactly a ga- a series you want to lose. I'll be on the road. It in was the SEC. in Columbia, right? Yeah, 
And like we said, nothing good in Columbia other than that White Castle halfway between there that's, and that's, Kansas City. You're about right. Apologies, so. Kirk Gatlin. Yeah. <laughs> He's in their athletic department. Well, but, but you know what I mean. But no, I, I agree. It's 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 not the most desirable place in the world. But speaking to Ole Miss, tough to win on the road. Uh, two on the wor- road is worth a sweep at home. Yeah. Uh, but they couldn't get that done. But like I said, there's not a lot to worry about. This team can really hit still. Um, be patient. Mike Bianco has been there for almost 20 re- years for a reason. Uh, anybody that's on the fire Mike Bianco train, get out of my life, get away from me. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the premier coaches not only in the SEC but in the country. Uh, Thomas Dillard and Ryan Olenek is going to be enough to put fear in any pitching staff. And they're talented enough to reel off three straight sweeps. 100%. And be right back in the thick uh, of it. There's and they're not, they're not even out of the thick of right, it. They're yeah. four and two right now. And I, I think to clarify that uh, double decker weekend. Oh yeah, A and M. I lied to you when I said LSU, but I'm pretty sure it's still. A&M. There's not a series in the SEC this year that's bad. Yeah, there's not one. I mean, everybody's Thursday. good. And that'll be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's, Thursday, Friday, that's Saturday. right. With the ESP, the yeah. ESPN bases loaded, covering the Which first one. Which is smart by them because. Let everybody get wild and crazy at Double Decker afterwards, and then you don't want to crowd a four thousand on Sunday no. at one. Yeah, <laughs> but, I don't, I don't but no, Ole Miss is going to be fine, man. I, I firmly believe that Mike Bianco will make the just adjustments needed. They just moved Doug Nikhazy, the freshman uh, that has pitched so well there in midweek. They moved him to Saturday. He threw a shutout yesterday, six no hit innings. Yeah. Um, they're going to be fine with Etheridge. They're, I mean, on Fridays, he's going to have some. He's going to have some mixing around to do, but they're going to be fine. I, I firmly believe. And that. it's fun to watch Dillard hit it. There's there's not a more imposing hitter in college baseball. Jake Mangum, by the way, uh, going back to state, I'm not trying to be a homer. No, but, go ahead. Uh, you can't speak enough about that guy. He's so good. But he uh, he uh, is two hits away, I believe, from passing Nettleton, Mississippi's own Jeffrey Ray as the all-time hits leader. And world's most underrated ping-ponger. Correct. At uh, Mississippi State University. And, and well on pace to set the all-time SEC hits record That's, by man, Eddie Furness. So. That, that guy, he's, he's great. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's – Do they call him the mayor? What's his name? The mayor. The mayor. That's awesome. He is actually called the mayor – the reason for that is he's the mayor of Oxford, kind of like A.J. Brown is the mayor of Starkville. Like I said, McKinley, can't get mad if it's true. That's, can't get mad if it's I true. Know, I know. <laughs> so, water under the bridge on both sides there. But, no, State and Ole Miss both going to be fine. Southern's off to a really good start after kind of a shaky – non-conference, but they're, they're going to be fine in the CUSA. Big shout-out to um, Rick Collier and the ICC Indians uh, for a sweep over number four Pearl River. I t- We talked to Adam Gore uh, last week, and he said that Pearl River could possibly have four guys drafted, uh, number four in the country. Rick Collier and them with a big sweep yesterday on them. So watch out for the Indians. Shout-out to uh, Kyle Krieger on a bomb and Just Medlin on a walk-off. So. Okay. A bunch of my old guys that played Legion for me are doing really well over there. I'm super proud of them. Proud of all the guys that are – Playing at the college level, but junior college baseball in Mississippi is like the SEC baseball of JUCO. So it's it's so competitive. There's five or six ranked teams. Won't go into it completely, but there's no easy outs. But while I'm talking about uh, college baseball, I just do need to touch on a couple things. High school baseball, we're kind of starting to get in division play. I know there's a big game between South and Houston coming up. There is a very big game, and I actually watched the South Palm Top Cougars. Uh, I guess it was Thursday night. I don't remember when I went to that. Maybe Tuesday night of last week. They beat my uh, good buddy Joe Coon and the Nettleton Tigers. They are 4-0 in division and a division that has been Houston's for Houston's forever. as well. So, huge, huge. We had uh, Carson Newell on the show yeah. uh, from the basketball team. He's he, uh, sharp. He's Yeah. 
He's uh, he's had a big season so far. Is he far. their closer? He is their number two guy, but he's he closes two, out yeah, Kirby yeah, Ross yeah, yeah. if he's at pitch limit. Yeah. And he did that the other night, and I think he struck out two out of three batters. Ross and, pitched against Nettleton, is that right? Yes, and, and threw well, threw really well. And shout out to Joe. Uh, they've got a really, really young team. They've got a star in Davis Oswalt, who's a sophomore. Um, my guy, Will Armistead at Morville, they're not having the, a typical Morville season. But it's early still. But it's early, and just don't. You know, don't don't count your chickens because they'll be there when it counts, and he'll, he's going to keep them in every game. But um, he's off to a great start. Tupelo, uh, they split with South Panola. Uh, they've got Oxford coming up. That'll be a big series big in that division. Uh, Tupelo will definitely need to take one of those just to stay in contention for a host spot. Ballman's still the coach at Oxford. Yes, he, he, he does, does such a good job, and he's Amory native. He's almost out of Bianco, so he needs to, he needs right. to capitalize while he's at it. But I played high school basketball against Chris. Yeah, man, he was such a competitor. He was oh, a good no guy doubt. too. Their their team would bludgeon you out there on the court, and he was just smiling, yeah. patting you on the back, saying, "Man, good job." You know, I mean, he was a good guy. While the rest of them were just sure, yeah, yeah, he was awesome. But there's there's so many teams in the area specifically. Kasu's off to a good start. North Pontotoc, Pontotoc County in specific. Uh, North's uh, ten and two, I think, uh, or ten and three. South is eight and two. No, 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 no. South is ten and two, and Pontotoc's eleven and five. Played a little bit tougher schedule than the other two, but all three are. And Pontotoc, but Pontotoc, two of their losses are north and south, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, but they're they're all three have got a chance to be major major contenders when it counts. Hayden Harris doing his he's, thing. Yeah, he's hitting the ball very well. Of course, <laughs> you go figure. Yeah, um, but no, there's 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 several teams in the area specifically. You know, uh, a lot of people could be worried about Tupelo right now. Don't be, but I will say that their top two pitchers, uh, one Hunter Elliott, who's an Ole Miss commitment, he's on the shelf right now. He has not pitched in division play. Been two or three weeks since he stepped on the mound. John Luke Marlin, their number two. Uh, who played for us? He's out for the season with a torn meniscus, had surgery. So, mm. but they'll be fine. Yeah. They've got plenty of athletes. Got Coach Reed does a phenomenal job, so yeah. they'll be in good shape. Uh, going to be interesting in the next two or three weeks. We'll start to see playoffs line up, and we'll have a little bit right. more to talk about about it. So. Well, you know, speaking of baseball, you're talking about uh, you know these, this guy being able to play, this guy being good. And um, there are players in this area like Hayden Harris. You know, oh, 100. If they stay healthy, are able to take care of business, That's progress, right. they have chances to be you know like professional baseball players. There's no question. And people always joke when they see a, a big contract like the Bryce Harper deal or something, and they go, make sure your kids you know, know how to swing a bat, pitch a baseball. Yeah. You know, that's better than playing football and getting your brain beat in or playing basketball or whatever. But, you know, I think the proof is in the pudding with what's happened recently with, with Harper and then Trout. What was <laughs> that deal? I can tell you this. I, I, I love this. And, and and we've talked about Bryce Harper, but I, I, I don't want to – it's not a slight against Bryce Harper, but what's so cool to me is that he got ten years, three uh, three hundred thirty million. Well, not two weeks later, the best player in baseball gets twelve years, four hundred and thirty million, largest contract in American sports history. And I'm not one of those guys that say he deserves every penny of it because I think athletes are overpaid. But if Bryce Harper's worth three thirty, then Mike Trout is most certainly worth four thirty. Absolutely. And I think we all like Mike Trout because he doesn't beat his chest. He's the easy he guy to like. He doesn't have a mohawk. Yep. He's very unassuming. And he, you know, and I'll say this. I'm not a baseball purist. I'm not. You sure. know, I mean, I, the, the unwritten rules that the old heads go by, I don't necessarily believe in. But I do like a player that conducts himself in that manner. I do, too. You know what I mean? And he he, he does it. He, he hustles it out. He's a get-out-of-the-box guy, regardless if it's a lazy go, ground ball. He's going through the wall to make a play. Absolutely. If he can catch it, he's not going to let it carry him off the wall. Now, I, I like that guy. The interesting thing about this contract, you kind of got to worry after these two contracts, is baseball doing this to make a point that we have a lot of money and we're trying to stay relevant? Because The reason I ask that is 
if you're paying these guys this much money, and I don't know so much about Bryce Harper, but I can guarantee you that Mike Trout wants to win. Yes. You are going to have to spend over the next three or four years putting pieces around him that can be competitive. The Angels specifically have not been really competitive since the 2002 uh, championship. World Series title. I mean, so like they've, they've got a few pockets and then they win. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, they have playoff yeah. teams. But Is Socia still the manager there? No. No. He, uh, oh gosh, he was a manager. Yeah, it's going to... That'll tax me. Take us the rest of the show. Me try to figure that out. But no. Uh, but they 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 need some pitching. They need some protection for Mike in that lineup. Uh, and if they get that, then you know it's, it's Albert Pujols isn't necessarily bringing it right now. Exactly. I mean, he's on the back end. Right. Uh, but you know, no no kidding. It's it's uh, good for Mike. I, I'm, Brad Osmus. Brad awesome Osmus. Yeah. Gritty, it's amazing how guys players. resurface in the MLB. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for Lenny Harris to get his shot. <laughs> I need to start. I need to start researching before I throw coaching names out there. I should have learned my lesson. <laughs> my bad, Lenny. I hope you hadn't done anything. <laughs> please, please be squeaky clean. Uh, but no, man. It's. It, I think. I think it's good for baseball that uh, there's two guys that have set the market now. So now it's. It's going to be interesting to me to see, you know, what's baseball going to do to get back to. People watching, that's the biggest problem for baseball right now, man. And it's, we're close. We're extremely close. We're, what is it, March 24th? Yeah. We're a week away from opening day. So we'll have more to talk about that. On the, and yeah. I think th- it's Thursday this week is the start. That's right. They've already yeah, had a couple games. A couple early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the actual, like, real thick of things yeah. starts next Monday. And I personally, we haven't discussed this on the show. I'm a diehard Braves fan. Well, I was going to ask you a funny thing that you brought that up. I, I was actually going to ask you. Why the Braves? Is it, was, I mean, cause, cause, because great... geographically, you had several to choose from. Sure. And in our area, if you had cable, you got WGN, you got the White Sox and that's the Cubs. That's correct. Or Cubs, really. But, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's just kind of my thinking. Why the Braves? Let me tell you this. And, th- and I, I fall on the boat with the majority of, of lifelong Braves fans, I guess you'd say. When I grew up, my family were Cardinals fans. My mom's uncle, Hewlin, which is the most 1950s uncle name ever. I like that name. She was one of those guys. He was like 6'4", so like back then it was like a giant. It was like Big Uncle Hewlin. Big Uncle Hewlin. But anyway, he was in the Cardinals organization. So my family's obviously always huge Cardinals fans. That being said, thanks to Mr. Ted Turner, he put a team that I could get on my TV, on TV, every single night. And they just so happened to be good. So I think what you saw is when, you know, because the Braves used to be in Boston and then Milwaukee, and then they settled in Atlanta in the early 70s, I think. George Herman Ruth was a Boston Brave. He was. Hank Aaron was a Milwaukee Brave. That's correct. That is very much correct. And Brooks Conrad was an Atlanta Brave. That's (laughs) Brooks Conrad. My friends called him the raw dog because he didn't wear batting gloves. He didn't. (laughs) Um, But, no, the Braves fans have started to become a cult, really. Um, it's fun to watch people root for the Braves, but for that reason, yeah. And, and and I can tell you this: it was just a it was a magical run in the early '90s when I was a little kid, and baseball was at its peak. Everybody loved baseball, even non-baseball fans loved baseball. And you had the the three-headed monster, four-headed monster of Glavin, Smoltz, Avery, and uh, Merker. Oh, Kent Merker. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and Maddox, you know, you say Wollers. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you the whole '90s roster, but. People fell in love with that team because of one guy. I know who you're going to say. Go ahead. That played third base. Oh, my boy. And he was a rookie in 1994 by the name of Chipper Jones. And here's the thing. Here's my reason to to speed this up a little bit. Braves fans really weren't, like, all in on the Braves 
They loved them because they were good. The people that, like, I didn't go through the Dale Murphy days when they were winning you're a little, 50 you're a little ball games a year. But Joe Torrey was their manager. That's right. <laughs> but Bobby Cox came along, and he gets the, he, he gets these guys to rally behind him. They, you know, he starts getting thrown out of games, and people start getting excited, and he's taking up for his guys, and the team loves him. And then he drafts this young man out of Jacksonville, Florida, by the name of Chipper Jones. And Braves fans just adored this guy, me included. What's funny is you said the Braves, you you were leading up to this, you said people started rooting for the Braves because of one man, and he played third base. And I said, I know who you're going to say. I thought you were going to say Terry Pendleton. (laughs) And I love Terry. I was excited. Terry's still in the organization, obviously. (laughs) Former Cardinal. But but no kidding. Uh, And Terry was was a life – Every Braves fan. He was a fan favorite. He won an MVP as a Brave, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Came over the card. He was, sure so, he was so much better as a Brave than a Cardinal. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, speaking of that time. He was my favorite. Some Brave. trades worked out for the Braves. The the Ron Gant trade worked out for the Braves. The You know, David Justice big deal worked out for the Braves. Uh, and they just set a precedent for about 15 years, man, where they were going to be the do- – they were America's team. And they had, they, had, they had the stars, but they had every man. The guys who you thought were like the every man. Because, like, Mark Lemke played second. Oh, yeah. And he was you know. a two thirty career hitter, but he was a rock solid defender, and everybody loved him. You mean everybody's favorite juicer, Javi Lopez? <laughs> there is no denying that that man was perf- using performance enhancing drugs, but I don't care because I loved it. He was so hot for a while. <laughs> he, was, he could hit, man. He could hit. But see, the Braves. One thing that the Braves revolutionized that other teams necessarily didn't, because this is in the same heyday that the Yankees would buy whoever they want. They still do, but the Braves actually developed from their farm system. So their farm system team started loving these kids. Then they get caught up, and the Atlanta fans start loving these kids. Your Andrew Jones, Brian McCanns of the world, Braves fans adore them. And that's just kind of what happened. And and I love that the Braves just made the playoffs last year and weren't supposed to. They were not on schedule. Everybody's pumped about Ronald Acuna. (laughs) This kid. He is a future MVP. I I firmly believe it. I think so, too. But, no, the the Braves, I don't want to say they're back. Because I'm not going to be that guy. Their their lineup is back. Their pitching staff, their rotation, they just announced is, that, is Oscar the Grouch garbage right now. It's not great. Yeah. They have <laughs> a lot of good arms in that ro- in the organization. To throw that out there. Just saying. This. Yeah, and we're going to get we're going to test some of those arms this year for sure. But but no, it's good to see them back competitive. One name to watch uh, before I move along with another another uh, non sports but Atlanta related question: Austin Riley, DeSoto Central, DeSoto Central guy. Let me tell you this about this kid. My good friend Jason Miller, who coaches up there now, he used to be at Tupelo High. Uh, I asked him once he moved up, you know, that first year he was up there. I said, Jason, you know, how good is the kid? We knew all, everybody knew he was going to get drafted. He was right. going to be a high pick. He said, Mike, he's the best baseball player I've ever seen. Ever seen. And I was like, in high school? He said, ever. I said, oh, okay. So, And he's the number one prospect in the organization. Yeah, they, now, they so. won't get rid of him. I mean, no. which is they shouldn't. You know no. I mean? He's, he's going to be a big deal. Absolutely. Well, you know, you're talking about Atlanta. And uh, as I'm sitting here, I kind of. Nursing the day that was the sports book yesterday, and I have to kind of power <laughs> up with a Diet Coke. Okay, uh, so speaking of Atlanta, we were talking the other day, you and I were about things, and I wanted to tell you nothing to me is more refreshing almost in life than an ice cold Coke. You know oh, I mean, like that one that's that bite Brian. that hits you, takes your breath, or a Diet Coke for me, Brian. Now. But not many things on this earth are worse than a hot. Coke that you have to drink. You know uh. I mean? So, I don't know what made me kind of think about this, but what is your go-to soft drink? And the reason I'm asking you this because I went to I went to one of those fast food restaurants that have like the machine now that you can make oh, yeah. suicide, and 
What's your favorite? And I'm gonna tell you mine. Give me like the combination. If, if I've got the the machine, well, not even the machine. Like if like, hey, I got I gotta drink one. Okay, uh, you know the machine works. Yeah, like a suicide, but you know you might just like a good new grape or a yoo-hoo. You know what I mean? So what's what's your what's your what's your favorite? Can I give you like eight? Give me. Can three. I give you a bunch of like scenarios why I like? A give me thing? three scenarios. Okay. Yeah. My favorite soft drink, period. If I've got to drink it in any circumstance, I don't know how cold it's going to be. I don't know the ice. I don't know all that situation. Dr. Pepper. Okay. I'm a Dr. Pepper guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I've got the fountain option, if I've got, you know, with the new thing where you press the buttons, the digital buttons. Which that thing is so cool, by the way. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to, okay, let me tell you this. If I go to Firehouse Subs, I'm getting the sparkling cherry limeade. Good one. It is so good. It's very refreshing. But if, if as far as just refreshment goes, I love a Yoo-Hoo. You said Yoo-Hoo and I perked up. But as far as refreshment goes, to me, nothing beats a crisp, like, tss, you know, when you open it, however you get it, Sprite over ice. I like that. And like I'm going to tell you why. My my mom and dad, I guess everybody's parents, think that a crushed ice and Sprite and chicken noodle soup will cure any illness. Sure. And I think I've, that's the only reason I drink it, but let, I love if it If you now. let that Sprite go flat so the carbonation doesn't hurt your stomach, you, you cure pneumonia. It, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. So. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what mine is, and it's funny. I've, I've actually named this, and I want to market it. Okay. <laughs> I am a gigantic fan of the half Diet Coke, half Coke. And Excuse I, me? Yes. Let me tell you, you put the Diet Coke on the bottom. Put about two-thirds of the Diet Coke. So 66% So a 66-33 kind of thing, yeah. Okay. And put put the top third Coke. So, it, you know, you're not, I mean, you know, you're fooling yourself. I know, thinking you're not getting, but anyway, sometimes a regular Coke's just too much for me. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it's, it's heavy. Too sweet. But the Diet Coke sometimes has that, uh, that NutraSweet aspartame, cancer, yeah. cancer-causing flavor. Uh, but you put that Coke on top, it totally kills that. And you put the Diet Coke, and it kills the bite and the sweetness of the Coke. And I've called it the Jack Black. And the reason I call it that is because on the original Tenacious D album, he's going through the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, he's, he's trying to talk about losing weight, and he said, I need a junior bacon cheese, a junior. And he says, that I need a, I need a, a Coke, I need a half Coke, half Diet Coke. I'm trying to watch my figure. Four-piece McNugget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sir, it only comes in six. Take the other two and... <laughs> Yeah, but when he, but when he orders the half Coke, half Diet Coke, I said, "Well, I'm gonna try this," and it's genius. And for all you listening, we're gonna, you know, there's an Arnold Palmer, which is the tea and I'm, lemonade. I'm an Arnold Palmer guy. I'm Arnold, too. So I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna call this the Jack Black. That's what I want to call it, dude. I'm like excited and proud of you so, at the same yeah, time. Yeah. I like, want to market this Coke. I'm gonna do this Coke if you're listening. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Please make sure you call Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you give ten percent for you, dude, over here. But uh, some people won't drink. A Diet Coke, and some people won't drink a Coke. But I'm telling you, if you made a cool bottle with an awesome logo and you said, this right here is 66% Diet Coke and a third Coke, people would buy it for the novelty of it. And you could do a Twitter thing to where you say, all right, you name the name. Yeah. Yeah. And then We're secretly back here trying to think of names before anybody else does. Jack Black. (laughs) The Jack Jack Black. Black. So, yeah. (laughs) But that's really, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was just wanting to know, you're talking about Atlanta and, you know, and I was staring, I was staring over there. I'm blown away. Yeah. Like, I've got to try that now. Yeah, trust me. When you when you, next time you go, and I even ask them for it sometimes. I'll say, "Hey, I need a half Coke, half Diet Coke, light ice," and I know they hate you it. You know who I don't like? Sonic has the best by the half way. and half tea people. I don't like that either. No, it's like if because the only people I know that drink unsweet tea put six packets of sweet and low in it. You know what I mean? Like, well, you don't. 
But maybe I do. But maybe you do. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm. You know yeah. what I mean. Like I, I like unsweet tea with sweet and low, but I also really like sweet tea. So like I don't understand the well as a as a as an overweight man who is worried about uh, that the diabetic future of my body. I like sweet tea, but I can't have all the sugar of it, so I mask the unsweet tea with the Splenda. Well, and that's that, that's what like, I was getting at, though. You're not getting. I think the people that drink the half and half are saying are doing the same thing you're doing with Coke. Right. But why don't you just get an unsweet tea and put as much I get what Splenda you're in it? Yeah. You know, because you can't doctor then you've up. Got a, the, you can't doctor up a diet Coke other than putting regular Coke in. That's it. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, it, yeah. Like, and it, like it just tastes weird to me. So funny story how we used to circumvent the system uh, when we were younger. We used to go to Mi Pueblo, and I would order, and my other friends would order. And I had a friend named uh, Hal, and he would go and he would eat chips and salsa. And he would order a water and put a bunch of lemon and Splenda in it. And he'd make a lemonade. Lemonade. And, man, they would get so <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, yeah. And he, but I was like, why are you just like, man, it's delicious. Let me try it. But that's the way to go. It's lemonade. It's lemonade. It really was. And it was so much cheaper. He was smart. Yeah. But I, I, I love people like that that know how to figure I had a buddy named John Harrison that used the same Chick-fil-A free chicken sandwich gift card like 150 times. They never asked for it. So he'd go through the drive through like every day at the Barnes Crossing location. Forgot my forgot my coupon. <laughs> it's what he'd say. Tell him he's like, I don't even know. Oh, don't worry about it. Okay, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> he'd go in one day, out the next day. Anyway, well, before, very very cool. Before we wrap up, it's been it's been it's been a big week in uh, college basketball, yes, baseball stuff. But you know, uh, the NBA playoff uh, hunt is kind of coming to an end. It's it almost is almost that time. Uh, LeBron's still doing LeBron things, being every other night kind of guy. They're out. They're done. I mean, D'Angelo yeah, Russell knocked them they're done. out. Poetic night. justice, right there, right? True that. Think about how different their team would be right now if they had him and Julius Randle. Oh my gosh, you're I talking mean, about maybe a two or three seed, yeah, I mean, in the for West real, for real. Uh, and you know, funny thing, this would have all been different if Nick Young just didn't cheat on Cardi B. <laughs> Wasn't it Cardi B or was it Nicki Minaj? <laughs> it's, uh, Nicki, it Nicki Minaj. Minaj. Yeah, it'd have been just different if Nicki Young didn't cheat on Nicki Minaj. D'Angelo Russell was a young kid. He narked on him. He videotaped it. You know, but it would have totally been different. But they had you have to get rid of the guy. Yeah, you can't you can't keep that kind of animosity in the locker room. Yeah, but I'd have got rid of Swaggy P. Yeah, me too. The Grizzlies, they're done. They're just trying to convey yeah. their pick to Boston. Um, and it's pretty much like I said, it's a sweepstakes for Zion right now. That, yeah, you know. but you know, I, th- I think what was doom and gloom a month or two ago. Whereas if you got Zion, great. Everybody else, not so great. I think now, if you can get in the Zion, R.J. Barrett, Ja Morant, I mean, how great would ja- Brian? I'd he's start the ne- going he's to the games. Ne- he's the next Russell Westbrook. I'd start going to games if Memphis drafted Ja Morant. Like right. I think that'd be. I think kind of makes sense too. Conley's on the end of his career. Well, I, you know, I don't know how they make it work. They don't have that. They have that one pick they're trying to convey. Nobody's going to give up the two. No. For Mike Conley. No. Um, but, man, if if somebody wasn't sold, if you knew that somebody was sold on R.J. Barrett at two. Yeah. And you could trade maybe uh, the pick you want to convey. You know, if you could trade maybe Mike Conley in the six to somebody at three and move up for John Moran. Yeah. And then roll the dice with conveying that pick to Boston next year, which is unprotected. Right. I mean, you know. I guess if you're thinking if you're planning on being bad already again, right. you know, like yeah, if you let's get roll ri- the dice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement there. I, a name that I want to throw out that's very intriguing to me, in probably in the draft. I don't know where he's going to be. Bowl, bowl. Oh yeah. Having missed this whole from year Oregon, at Oregon from yeah. Oregon, my new ball son, really skilled and athletic, yeah. but you know he got hurt. But um, in high school, I watched him play, 
And I thought, man, this guy's a can't miss. I sure. think he, I thought he was going to be like the fourth pick in the draft, maybe the third behind Zion, Barrett, and him. But it'll be interesting to see how his rehab's going and where sure. mock drafts have him coming up. I, I think he could be something very interesting. That it really could. With no the, the upside and the project that he could be. I love that. And I'll tell you, you know, there's, there's, there's several – it could be one of those drafts, you know. There's, there's so many. Uh, what was the one with uh, the 2005 when uh, it was Darren Williams, D Wade, right? And then I forget who it was that was drafted in the second round, um, but wound up being oh gosh, I got keep it's going to escape me. But anyway, there's always that one guy every year, like Fred Van Vliet when he went to the Raptors, and now he's a big part of what they do. Yeah, there's always that one guy that just slips through. Maybe doesn't Malcolm, show off. Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon's a good Virginia. example, yeah. yeah. Draymond Green yeah. was a second-round pick for the Warriors, but there's always that one guy. I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm hoping it's one of those guys that's a three- or four-year guy somewhere that you know kind of stuck it out. It's going to get drafted, but it's not projected high enough to where all the one-and-done kids, but really knows how to play. And I don't know who that is, but I'll tell you one that I'm, I'm excited about is Jarrett Culver. Mm-hmm. For Texas Tech, I think they're up on Buffalo right now. I was going to say him or the Cumberland kid from Cincinnati. Yes, that'd be it. Th- those type of kids. Yeah. Like they could, you know, you never know. I mean, yeah. you could get a Paul George in there. Temple somewhere. had a guy named Shiz Austin that could play this year. I mean, you yeah. know, one of those kind of guys. It'd sure, be, a lot of those mid-major conference guys. They're built for the NBA because they are their primary scorer. They, right. you know, they they're they're used to getting their own shot. It's kind of like the NFL. The best quarterbacks don't necessarily come from the Power Five schools. That's I mean, very, I mean, like, very you know, true. I mean, you know, like you I'd get, like to take a breakdown one day and see yeah. exactly. I mean, where I, everybody's I remember from. one time. I mean, like even when like when Eli was in his prime. Yeah. Like even Eli's from Ole Miss. That's not a blue blood. You no, know I mean? it's, he didn't but, come from you yeah. know Florida. Yeah, I mean, at one time in the NFL, you had I remember it was like Steve McNair, David Garrard, like yeah. Byron Leftwich. There were all these quarterbacks who were not from, and the NBA is kind of like that too. You'll sure. see guys. Who they, well, they like it's almost like you forget you you don't hear about them, and they go undrafted or go second round, and they make a team, and they don't play their first two or three years, and then they maybe get traded, and somebody has a bigger role for them, and you're yeah. like, wait a minute, yeah, and you know, and then you, you you speaking of that, you have guys who were the man at their college, but they're already but they're so talented they can go to the NBA and be a role player like JJ Redick, yes, like Matthew Dellavedova, like yes, they they look I'm so talented, but they need me to fill a role. And J.J. Redick. Oh, dude. I'm going to go out on a limb. If he's able to put in three to four more years, and he's if he was ever able to win one, he will be, by the time he's through, a borderline basketball Hall of Famer. Because yeah. the basketball Hall of Fame is not an NBA exclusive right. thing. I agree. For what he did for, in college and the numbers he's eventually oh, going to no put doubt. up with his in the NBA. Leitner, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leitner, Adam, you know, not Adam, Adam. Morris, but, but Leitner, he didn't play in the NBA, but, you know, yeah, I, I know, I had yeah. to throw a Gonzaga thing. But, but like Leitner, like Leitner will probably he'll be sure. his Hall of Famer guy, but he just didn't, didn't put up the NBA. Didn't numbers. translate. Like Penny, one day, I feel like Penny will get in for his contribution. Sure. Like the, no his shoe brand, what he did as a all player, the way around. all the way around, you know. So he won't be in as a player to just be as a guy. So, yeah. and shout out to Penny. Looking forward to next year. Me it was too. a good run. I'm looking forward just for you. Yeah. Um, we didn't, man, we, I can't believe we hadn't talked about this at all. And I don't want to, and I'm going to tell you why, but we got to just a little bit. The NFL free agency. Mm hmm. The Browns are I've switched setting my fire I've, to the rain. I've switched right my now. allegiance to the Brown Browns. By the way, <laughs> I've never been. I don't have an NFL team since Peyton Manning retired. I was going to root for him. I did so, too. So I told uh, and far I, I decided to get on the Browns train because nobody around here really roots for him other than my friend Lee Bunch, assistant soccer yeah. coach at Nettleton. 
So he allowed me to join the bandwagon. Cool. He said, he said join on. So I'm but, excited. dude, I mean, they you talk about making a splash. I know Kareem Hunt won't be eligible for eight games, but they got Nick Chubb mm-hmm. already, and they just signed Odell, and they've already got Jarvis Lynn. They're going to be good. It's kind of I love stories like that, though. You know, like where a team's been so bad for so long, and they finally make the playoffs. Well, like Pittsburgh Pirates got the number one pick for so many years in a row, and then finally made the post. I thought that was cool. So. That was cool. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, speaking of football free agency moves, yes, there's another really big one that happened right down the street, going on right now. Johnny Football. Dude, is the quarterback. I saw him courtside at the Grizz. Oh man, he's the quarterback of the the Memphis Express of the AAF team. Uh, which is head coached by Mike Singletary. I am sure he is really hating. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That relationship. We want winners. Well, you got Johnny Football. Oh but I – Memphis, uh, it was a genius move. I don't know how long the team's going to be there. I don't even really know much about the league's numbers after the first few yeah. weeks. You know, some those things peter out. But if you ever wanted people to be in the stands, you have to, you have to sign Johnny Football. I agree. Or Chad Kelly. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody regionally relevant. That Here's the thing about Memphis could sign Riley Ferguson, who was the starting quarterback at Memphis, and a few folks would show up just because of that. Right. But with Riley Ferguson, you're going to get consistency and a good human being, and that's going to be it. Same with Paxton Lynch if they sign him. 100%. People go to watch Johnny Manziel and Chad Kelly because it's like watching a NASCAR race. <laughs> you want to see success and who wins, but you also watch for the wreck. You know what I mean? That's like, such a good example. And, and that's like Johnny Menzel. You want to go and see him throw for 500 yards and be the Heisman. Personally. But if he crashes and burns, that's entertainment too. I would like – I mean, I would rather see Johnny Manziel have a 8 of 22 passing day for 28 yards, three picks, and 100 rushing yards mm-hmm. than I would Riley Ferguson throw for 304 touchdowns. And then we bump into Johnny Manziel at Rayford's. Because <laughs> he'll be there for double, sure. Double fist in 40s. <laughs> But anyway, uh, no, interesting to see how that's all going to play out. You know, I'm the, interested the AAF, the, AAF. And, you know, the XFL's coming next year, so. I will. I know how that's going to play out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't learn. They, if you they, don't they learn did. from history, you're doomed to repeat it. That's so. that's that's so true. Uh, but, you know, think about the AAF. I feel like if their end goal is to be the feeder system for the NFL, the tr- a true feeder system yes. or developmental league, then they're going to succeed. And, you know, people will watch – Pete, there is a, a cultish type of following for minor league baseball that no other sport has like that because they play in some big cities that don't exactly have sports teams, and they follow these people. You know, like there's people that are in like like Durham. Uh, the Bulls. The Bulls. Uh, the Rays. They're, they're the Rays yeah. organization. Yeah. They're huge Tampa fans from 800 miles The, the Redbirds in Memphis. Exactly. They're huge. You know, so yeah. like it gives your – community your city an excuse to enjoy sports again yeah. at a high level and i think that's the route they need to go with that man is it's like you know what you guys that didn't get drafted that you you know are you guys that don't cut it in the nfl come play for us we got a little bit of different rules but everything's just about the same yeah, so take, take a couple guys who some some uh superstar hangers on some yeah. upcoming guys you know and and, and make it happen I, I think it's really cool there there is success to be had from translating league to you know kurt warner Prime example is Super Bowl MVP. Many champion. guys have gone from CFL, absolutely NFL Europe back in the day. You're right. Yes, yeah, Arena League. There's been a few. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, <laughs> speaking about minor league, I just want to tell you, you brought back something in my brain. How awesome is the song "Cheap Seats" by Alabama, dude? Best, dude. Ba- best, best baseball song, right? 
Ooh, man. I mean, it's way better than center field. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, I, it is considerably better than center field. I'm not field. talking about songs you play at baseball games. I'm talking about just songs, songs about, baseball. about baseball. There's two that are awesome, and I guess it would be uh, Cheap Seats and that Kenny Rogers song, I Am the Greatest, where the kid throws the Player baseball. <laughs> of them all. <laughs> about him. But, but no, cheap, cheap Seats is... Cheap Seats is about minor league baseball. That's just, it's it's that's such a good song, man. You know, like I bet I've never seen Alabama in concert, but I bet that's one they probably don't even play. No, I bet that yeah, I, like they, I bet they would have to play it if they went to an MLB city, right. or a minor league city. They have to play it. And like talk- I could see people drunk in the crowd going Cheap Seats. I'm a hundred percent certain. I'm, let me say this: I don't want to ever go hundred percent. I'm ninety nine percent certain they're talking about the Chattanooga lookouts. I could get on board with I that. Think that's what for you're sure. talking about. <laughs> I like that. The, the, <laughs> Uh, the the line, uh, you know, of course, we like our beer flat, but in a, we got a great pitcher. What's his name? Yeah, we, we gave us. That's just that's a good song. But anyway, the one hang up I do have about that song is I'm not a fan of anybody that just puts just mustard and relish on a hot dog. So guilty here. I don't even eat relish. Just, just give me mustard. Just yeah, I, I could do mustard. I could do ketchup, mustard and relish to get. I just I don't know. Yeah. Maybe good. I'll have to talk with I'm Alabama. Okay. I'm about okay that. with flat beer. Just being honest, <laughs> I'm not a craft beer kind of guy. You give me flat beer, I'm okay with that. But, but anyway. uh, uh, real quick, uh, most favorite minor league baseball moment for me was watching Jeff Conine play for the Memphis Chicks at oh, Timber Park. Wow! Yeah, I saw him hit three bombs. Injury in rehab game. assignment? No, before he was a Marlin. Like, oh, this, this wow! This is before the expansion draft. He was young. No kidding. You know, uh, they had a bunch of good players that were Chicks sure. back in the day. Gary Carter, Andre Dawson. It was the Expos feeder That's system. That's right. That's uh, right. Bo Jackson. It was the Royals feeder system for a while. Royals first. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Jeff Conine. Shout well, out to him. Yeah. Very very cool. Well, look, folks, man, we've enjoyed this. Uh, been a great sports show. For one, we got a lot coming up. Of course, next week we'll break down the Sweet 16 Elite Eight matchups. Yeah. We'll have a little bit more baseball. Baseball will have officially started. And then next month we're looking at NFL draft. I know we've kind of taken a break after pro days and the combine, but it will be upon us before we know it. And we got so. some, we got some really big guest interviews coming up in April. Yes, we're, we those do. are secrets we're not going to release. We're not going to tell you. Yet. We're just going you just have yeah. to listen. And later this week, we're going to have Barton Ramsey. Yes, we are. From, That'll uh, be good. Yeah, from I, we're good to, we get to visit some good boys and good girls. That's I can't right. wait. Yeah, Barton's a uh, premier uh, dog trainer in the uh, the old world literally the United States yeah so we'll get to <laughs> yeah. talk to him and that'll be fun no I can't wait absolutely well folks we appreciate you listening if you want to check us out you can find us on Twitter at the happening pod remember there's no G on happening yeah I think there was we, a, we're, we're not G's so did somebody did when we set that up did somebody have G or like yes it took I'm me, gonna find that it person. took me a really good uh 15 to 20 minutes to find an appropriate at name for both of them <laughs> But anyway, you can find us at the happening uh, happening pod on Twitter and the happening pod on on Instagram. We'll post and we got a Facebook page too, and we got our Facebook too. I forget yeah. about that, man. I know you do a good job. With that. I do. A, I do an extremely mediocre job at that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, check us out. Comment. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back next week with uh, the end of this week with Barton Ramsey, folks. We appreciate you listening. Have a great week.